Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsors, Tower Tracker Pro, Tower Tracker Pro. Dot com TowerTrackerPro.com. It's basically a software as a service that is a closeout package for all your closeout package needs when you're trying to complete the closeout package for a tower site. It will walk you through step by step each step at the tower site so the crew at the site can get it done right the first time in one visit. All the pictures, all the data collection, point by point, step by step. And then they can upload it to the cloud and somebody can verify it and do quality control before they even leave the site. TowerTrackerPro.com I would also like to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. Tower Safety and Instruction. TowerSafety.com I think that that is a, an amazing school. It's an accredited school, a state accredited school in the state of Arizona. But they also have a lot of online courses too. If you need your OSHA 10, if you need your tra- tower training and safety... If you need your crew to be trained properly to go out and down a tower, they can do it all. And they also have drone training. Plus, you can buy some of my courses, Scope of Work course, and you can also get the 5G book, which I have also on their, uh, listed on their course. So feel free. Go out there, see what towersafety.com has there, and talk to Kathy. She's the owner, and she will guide you the right way. TowerSafety.com. Wade from Wade for Wireless again, and let's talk about the Pennsylvania Wireless Association's Happy Valley Technology Rally Review. I know it's a mouthful, but that's the way they put it. And also, uh, it was basically up at State College, Pennsylvania, which is where Penn State is, okay? It was a review up there, and they asked me to speak up there. So I was uh, happy to go up there and help the Pennsylvania Wireless Association out for several reasons. One, the Pennsylvania Wireless Association does a lot of good for here in Pennsylvania in promoting wireless business and getting businesses to collaborate and work together, as well as promoting business and finding what's out there. But they also do a lot of fundraisers, and they help a foundation that's very important to me, the Hubble Foundation, hubblefoundation.org. And uh, Hubble Foundation does need your support, needs my support, which I support it as well. And it needs many associations' support. Pennsylvania Wireless Association is not the only one. The Colorado Wireless Association, the California Wireless Association, a lot of these associations give money because they realize that the Hubble Foundation supports families of fallen climbers the best that they can. And they help the children far after they have that loss from their family. I think it's important to remember that we um, we respect those. So if my voice is a little rough, I'm sorry. I'm just getting over pneumonia. Had a really uh, rough week last week, but I was well enough to go up to the Pennsylvania Wireless Association at the beginning of the week. I didn't get sick till later. Actually, it was like two weeks ago. But I thought it was important to talk about the rally. Uh, for one, I thought they did a great job. I thought the group that pulled it together just did an amazing job. And here's what they did. In the first day, they gave us this tour of uh, the Penn State football stadium. Now, that was very interesting. There was a guy named Spider. That's right. His name was Spider. 
he gave us a tour of the stadium. And I really enjoyed it because he took us through, you know, all the penthouses, the boxes, talk about the expansion and how technology plays a big part in the uh, in the games and what people can see and do and hear and how they communicate in the field. And also how they communicate back in the uh, the different rooms they have up there. It wasn't just about the participants. They have a lot of places for the parents of the players and they have a lot of areas for recruiting. And the other thing they did, they laid out all the equipment that the players get. They get a lot of equipment. Oh my gosh, couldn't believe how much equipment it was. But they also get like an iPad or a tablet. And the whole reason for that is that's how they learn their plays and take notes now. They don't get notebooks anymore. They don't get playbooks. They get these iPads, these tablets, which was just interesting because that's the way it is now. But as interesting as it was to walk the stadium, walk in the field, get to know everything there is to know about Penn State, they also showed us the head end for the DAS, which was full of E-node Bs and also full of the fiber and the DAS head end to distribute it around to the DAS system within the uh, stadium. I took a few pictures of the inside of those cabinets. It's on my blog, wadeforwireless.com, and I thought it was pretty cool. I tried to put a lot of pictures up there from the uh, conference. I just thought they did a great job, and it's interesting when you go up there, and you know, one shelter is just full of radio heads. AT&T and Verizon are there, I believe. T-Mobile's moving in next, and the other one was, um, oh, the other shelter was for the uh, DAS system. So it was uh, it was basically just a DAS head end. So you can picture you have one shelter that's full of radio heads and E-node Bs and another shelter that's full of uh, just the DAS head end. And then they just move everything out from there. And they have everything up in basically up in the top of the stadium. It was really interesting to see. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen these DAS setups. They're pretty cool, right? So anyway, they had three talk or talks. <laughs> they had three sessions at the rally the next day. The next day they had sessions that went over some different business. And the theme this year was really IoT and smart cities. Okay. I have a lot of links in there if you want to look at the presentation that I put up or if you want to look at what the, the, the rally had. But let's go over each, each group, right? The first group was AT&T. AT&T had a pretty good group up there. And it was interesting the way they can do IoT end-to-end. -end. And they have different options too, you know. LTEM is something that they, uh, they're going to rely on. But they also talked about NB-IoT. But what sets AT&T apart is they really do have a turnkey solution. Now, while I didn't think it was really good for the group that was at PA Wireless because, you know, we're looking to build our own systems and make money our own ways, AT&T does have an outstanding solution. I was really impressed with, with what they can do. What's, and the other thing is they already have a knock in place. They're already talking to a majority of the cars out there via the OnStar system. They already have a lot of things in place to make this happen. So if a city did want a turnkey system, they could really go to an AT&T and they'd be done. Uh, would they pay for it every month? Yeah, somebody's going to pay. They're probably going to pay for the devices and they're probably going to pay for the equipment and they're going to pay for the airtime. They're going to pay for the service. But it, it is, it's a turnkey solution. So if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're going to get. So the second session was my session. And what we really talked about was IoT and the smart cities. But we wanted to cover what 
the smaller companies can do for IoT. Now, what do I mean by that? So generally what PA Wireless is made up of is, is small business. Anyone from tower owners, deployment groups, integrators, system integrators, distributors, people like that. So when I look at people like that, how can we play a part in IoT for smart cities? I'm going to tell you how. I think we are the key players. We are the ones that are going to make the difference because we can give up a very localized solution to the city. And that's my goal. I hope to consult to these cities to help them come up with smart city initiatives that revolve around IoT. And here's how we're going to do it. First thing we're going to do is understand what is very important to the city. Start with the end in mind. What matters to the city? Now, if you guys are out there listening and you think a smart city is a smart city, you're so wrong. They have different priorities. Every city, East Coast, West Coast, Central, they have different priorities. To some cities, it's garbage. They want to keep the garbage off the street. They want to know when the garbage cans are full, when the dumpsters are full. They want to keep the streets as clean as possible. To other cities, it's solar power. They want to not only have solar power, reduce their expenses, but they also want to let it, they want it to be seen in the city. Every pole should have solar power. I see this more in the West Coast. It's very popular in the West Coast. Now, what that means, you're going to have to replace a lot of lampposts. You're going to have to change a lot of wiring because now instead of like the old 480 or 220 or even 120 systems, you're going to go back to a 120 with LED lights, which are very low power, very low to start. And the solar power can control a lot of that power, assuming the weather is good for long enough. The other thing you have is the way the power is switched on and off is more localized now. You don't need to do grids like you used to do. You don't need to do dusk to dawn like you used to do. You can really localize it for when people are truly on the street. So that's important to some cities. For some cities, it's broadband. They want broadband everywhere in the city. So that's something to think about. How do they deliver that broadband? Do they do it via Wi-Fi? That's how a lot of cities choose to do it because it's very cost-effective to roll out Wi-Fi. Are there new options? There's going to be CBRS. There's going to be LTEU. Yeah, there's going to be new options as the devices get updated. So that's one more thing to think about. You really have to have the backbone there too. So many cities have a dig ones policy, which means if they're going to put fiber in, you want to put as much fiber in each time you dig. You don't want to be digging up the street every month. You want to dig it up maybe once, preferably once every five years, lay that fiber in there and then you're set. Now that's the dream, right? Whether it'll happen, I don't know. But you also have wireless backhaul. You're going to have to come up with different mesh systems, some way to get it out there. And that's where, say, the millimeter wave comes in. Suddenly, a millimeter wave, which has a lot of bandwidth, and you can deliver that to each pole without running fiber. Now, granted, you're going to have more equipment on each pole, so you have to have a balance of the pole looking pretty and how the backhaul is going to get there. There's got to be a balance. But again, you got to help the city look at this. So that's important to some cities. Other cities, it's the underserved areas. In other words, they have some areas of the city that they want to bring up to a higher standard. And they want every city to be, or every part of the city, to be a privileged part of the city. Because now they understand that broadband is really a way to boost the economy. 
That's right. It's an economic booster because when you have broadband, anybody can start any type of business anywhere. You can work from home. You can work from your a remote office, from your vehicle. You can connect different things. If you have a smartphone, you have a good chance of getting a business. You know, with Apple's, um, Apple has that iPay, which they have a block where you can pay from your phone or you can pay somebody with your phone. Same as PayPal. They have the cube, I think it is. You just plug it into your phone. You can swipe a credit card and you can do business in that area. So you don't need the traditional point of sale system like you had before. You don't need to set up a lot to really get the billing in place. PayPal, Apple, companies like that have really done a lot to promote the, the small business solutions. So now if you want to set up a little shop out in the middle of nowhere and there's no fiber or even no phone lines, if you have Wi-Fi coverage, you can not only set it up, but you can also accept credit cards. That's a big deal. So that's why it's so important that you get these underserved areas, broadband access. So that's what I'm saying. So that's what we talked about on ours. We were talking about different ways that local integrators can really make a difference for the city and actually put systems out there that can help the city improve. Now, the third panel was a, a bunch of varied speakers. Oh, by the way, I partnered on the second panel with um, Big Wireless. It was mostly Bob Hagerman and I that uh, gave the speech and talked about what we were going to do. So thank you, Big Wireless. I appreciate you guys being there. The third panel had several people there. Uh, Ryan McBreen of Waterford Consultants, he did a fine job. And then you had Tim from Crown Castle, which I'll get into in a minute. And you had somebody else. I think it was Joe Conlin of Intellisys. Yeah, that was it. So the reason that's so important is because uh, they talked about different opportunities again with IoT and smart cities, but I really enjoyed Tim from Crown Castle. I thought Crown Castle did an outstanding job speaking about how valuable DAS is, even in this day. And they're also saying that the early rumor was that DAS was going to go away, especially with small cells, which, which I argue. Small cells and DAS work together, and we're seeing that more and more now. Especially with the CBRS coming out, we're going to have more neutral host DAS systems that are based around an independent spectrum. So it's going to be a lot different than it was before. But this is really an opportunity. And he spoke to how busy Crown was in upgrading and updating their DAS systems. I think it's important to understand that. And now you can not only have DAS, but you can mix small cells in with DAS. Or you could even use a small cell as part of the head end, assuming it can handle the loading and things like that. See, that's the thing about small cells. They're called small cells because they're not meant to be loaded like an E-node B. So that's why E-node Bs are still pretty common in that. But it was very interesting. And what we have to do in Telesis, as a matter of fact, what their whole thing was, is that we would take the um, partnerships that we have now and we would all work together. See, that's the key. One company isn't going to solve all these issues, except maybe an AT&T where they can put all the pieces together. But as far as you small business owners, you need to partner with each other. The tower guys or the tower crews or the tower owners have to work with the system integrators, have to work with the system distributors, the equipment distributors. We have to all work together and you all have to work with the consultants that are going to help be advising 
the smart cities. See, that's my goal. I want to do more of a consulting role. That's what I've been trying to work on lately to help advise a smart city to the direction they should go and how they should focus and where they should put their efforts. Now, most cities have a good idea of what they want. They just want to know how to get there. They want a roadmap. Once they get the roadmap, then they want the players that are going to get them to that particular goal. So that's what we're looking at right now. But we all have to work together. And that's really with Bob Hagerman and I, we were trying to get the point across that we all have to work together and partner together, whether it's with us or with other people or wherever you're at. We have to come up with a complete solution. Now, everyone seems to have a piece to the solution. Like I, I seen a lot of smart signage out there. That seems to be a piece. I have people that just want to connect the services. That's, that's what they think they can do. I've seen companies that, you know, they, they have the uh, assets and they know how to mount. They can do the permitting. They can do the zoning. There are companies that can do the integration. It can do the installation. Well, somehow all these companies have to work together. And I think that was the gist of this particular rally is to get all these companies to work together. I was, I was happy to be a part of it. And I was happy to get the message out that we can all work together. I thought everyone did a good job. And I think especially Barbara Burba, who worked really hard to put all of that together, did a great job. And I also thought Mark Gettio did a great job putting everything together. Those two worked really, really hard to make sure that the event went off without a hitch. And then Chris Pliable, who was the president of the Pennsylvania Wireless Association, gave a great talk at the end. And I really appreciate all the work he did. Now, I want to give some honorable mentions. Phil Bertner of NBNC, he's, on, he's a board member. Ryan McBreen of Waterford Consultants. Lisa Batchelor of Crown Castle, John Shive of Crown Castle, Sarb Bassi of American Tower Group, Michael Starner of Comcast. I thought they all did a great job. I appreciate all the work they did, all the effort they put in to do this. And it's, it really was an outstanding event. So the wireless associations around the states do a really great job of supporting not only local business, but also the charities in the industry. All right, everybody, that's about all I got for today. I thought the Pennsylvania Wireless Association did a great job pulling this together. All right, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya. Hey, folks, it's available, the 5G Deployment Plan. That's right, the 5G Deployment Plan Handbook. I have the ebook out there for you, an Amazon paperback, a full-color 8.5 by 11-inch version, the Amazon Kindle version, the full PDF on Cellfi and the full PDF on Gumroad. It's all about the 5G deployment. Go to wade4wireless.com and look for 5G deployment plan. It's in there just for you. forget you have the wireless deployment handbook out there that's right at wadeforwireless.com you have the wireless deployment handbook that is on sale now and now it's available in paperback on amazon can you believe it wireless deployment handbook 
available on Amazon in Kindle version and paperback and also available in PDF. Go ahead, check it out, wadeforwireless.com.